Before we get started, he was the face of the New York Yankees and the most admired player in baseball. The captain tells the story of Derek Jeter's life and Hall of Fame career. Catch a brand new episode on Thursday, August 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and streaming on ESPN+. Also, ESPN in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions present Make Bets with Moxie with betting expert Katie Mox and her merry band of gambling insiders as they preview lines, spreads, parlays, and props with personality and the kind of advice they would give themselves. That's Moxie Bets. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my friend Ryan Clark. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk to Jamal Hill. We're going to step fly the best of July. You know Ryan Clark liked to dress. And also, we tap in and tap out. Now, Ryan, I see that you're in Detroit. I can tell by the way the uh, practice field looks behind you. I'm very in tune <laughs> with every practice field in the NFL. And you got a pivot t-shirt no, on. Not. You become the model. But you know what's the one thing about the pivot t-shirts that I like? It's like this, it rolls up the sleeve a little bit, so it shows you big, strong muscles. Look at those big old arms and all those tattoos. First off, DC, Come on, Hercules, show DC, them the muscles. It's not, <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the shirt, DC. I'm actually this swole. See, I know for you, you know what I mean, you've been a little pudgy, and, you know, Channing talked about you being a little mushy, and, you know, I told him, you can't do that to my boy, you know, on YouTube like that. But nah, man, it's good. Hey, DC, uh, I heard a little birdie told me you may have gotten sunburned recently. Like, what black bruh. man gets sunburned? Hey, bro, let me tell you something. I didn't think that we could burn like that. So, like, last weekend I go golfing in Dallas. It's hot as heck. Bro, my nose starts to, like, peel. So, Fifi, the makeup artist, is putting so much makeup on my face. And then I'm talking to Eves, right? And I'm like, Eves, at your 50th birthday party, I go, my man Ryan Clark is afraid of the sun. Ryan, this dude told me, you're in Cancun, on the boat, in full-on clothes, dog. Like, you don't take your T-shirt off? Yeah. No, I have long sleeve T-shirt on, actually. And I wear a hat because, man, the sun just makes you hotter, DC. It's like being <sighs> shaded, right, when the sun is out. And now you got this shirt Deuce. on, so the sun's not on your skin. You sweat less. It picks up some of the sweat that you do, you know, use. And so I just think it's a, a great idea to do it. And maybe had you protected yourself, D.C., you wouldn't have been sunburned. And you would think somebody that's a two-division champ would understand that, champ, champ. My but goodness. speaking of two-division champs, let's get to the UFC 277. Uh -huh. I mean, we got to see Amanda Nunes retake or reclaim her belt against Juliana Pena. And it was, I mean, to me, it was a, a physical fight. It was a great fight. And we saw two champions in the octagon. When you think back to what you saw Saturday, D.C., what's your first thought of Amanda Nunes regaining her title? I saw what you did there, though, Ryan. I saw when you like, yeah, nice little transition. I saw it. I was like, you know, segway, I saw it. Segway. I paid attention right Let's away. I was like, oh, nice little Let's segue. Not the, not, not the one that you ride in the mall, but a real segue. So my boy Ryan Clark with the beautiful segue. But look, Ryan, you know what was the most telling thing that we spoke about after the fight? Was as we're kind of chopping it up talking, you were like, did Amanda lose? And I'm like, no, she didn't lose. She dominated. But you were looking at the after photos, and she was so battered and bruised that it looked like she had gotten beat up. But the, the thing is, Juliana punches really, really hard, one. There was also an accidental clash of heads, like, in the middle of the fight yeah. that caused all that swelling to the face of Amanda Nunes. So it looked much worse than what it was. But I think what we saw on Saturday was 
what we thought we would see in fight number one. A very game Juliana Pena, but a better Amanda Nunes. Just a better fighter. Uh, and it, it, that, that was on display. Not because I don't think Juliana can beat her, because we've seen her do it before, but because Amanda was 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 ready to go. She was ready to fight. And I mean, you look at these scores, 50-44, 50-45, and 50-43. I don't know where you find two 10-8 rounds, but I know in the second right. round was a 10-8 round. But I guess... Doug Crosby scored the fifth round, 10-8 for Amanda Nunes, too, which was which was surprising. Um, but, yeah, dominant performance by the, by the Lioness and, and a return to the top for the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. You know, it was crazy, D.C. I was watching your interview um, with Amanda Nunes and her talking about the fact that, you know, losing that fight brought the Lioness back out in her. It made her more focused. She was She was really dialed in. To the small things and that and that was actually what I was extremely excited about as we were leading up to this fight to see what it would look like with an Amanda Nunes who is locked in who who is who has geared her training into beating Juliana Pena and it was actually the tale of two fights for me and both Amanda Nunes dominated on her feet she was precise she was more patient than she was in the first fight you could see that she was waiting for her shots taking those shots and really punishing Juliana Pena. And then we saw her dominate with the ground game. She escaped a couple of submission attempts by Juliana who fought well off of her back. And so to me, this was one of the best fights we've seen Amanda Nunes in that wasn't that knockout, right? That, that, that wasn't Cyborg mm -hmm. or it wasn't Holly Holm or Ronda Rousey. We got to see her use all of her skill to beat Juliana Pena. And I think it has to be said too, how game Juliana was, how tough she was, how she continued to fight. She just fought the greatest women's fighter of all time. Do you think this is the best you've ever seen Amanda Nunes, DC? You know what I think about this fight, Ryan? I think about watching Amanda do something that she has not had to do since she beat Raquel Pennington over 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. it, she never gets tested. And, and the, 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 the word on her, the rep was... If you push her, she'll quit. Well, she got pushed last weekend. But she yeah. made a lot of little adjustments. And her and her training staff, they made a great adjustment to go southpaw. You saw the great Valentina mm. Shevchenko, right? So she just yeah. stole my style entirely. By fighting Juliana right. southpaw, just really waiting for the check right hook to land. And she hurt Juliana with multiple shots in that way. You go all the way back to when Valentina submitted Juliana, she did the same thing. She drew out the attack, mm -hmm. landed the check right hook, and then eventually got the submission. It was a beautiful performance by Amanda. I was surprised that she was able to stay within herself for so long and then switch to the wrestling when it got a little ugly. Because when you notice Juliana started to press her a little bit, find success, Amanda started to take her down. So it was that wherewithal, that knowledge to know this is starting to turn. She's not staying at the edge of my strikes. I should take her to the ground. But this is this performance was dominant, RC. But I got to ask you this. Mm -hmm. When you watch fights and you see Amanda Nunes do what she just did, but then she goes to the post-fight press conference and she says something to the effect of, I could have finished her, but I wanted to kind of beat her over the course of 25 minutes. Bilal Muhammad took massive offense to that. As a fan of the game, RC, when you hear that from Amanda, one, do you believe it? And two, if you don't, does it kind of put you off of her in that winning moment? You know what? I, I don't think it, it puts me off because 
I, I just feel that you guys train so hard. You prepare for these moments. And when you're in the octagon, it's just you and your opponent. So whatever you say at that point, once you've beaten someone, is what you feel or is what you want to say. Um, I don't want to call her a liar, though, DC. And the other thing she I couldn't. also know is... <laughs> Yeah, like the, like the other thing I also know is, though, DC, if you can't control whether or not somebody goes out, obviously you can execute your game plan. You know, we saw we saw the right hand land. We saw her hit. We saw her hit uh, Juliana with a great left that dropped her. But Juliana kept fighting. Oh. Right. You you can't you, you can't make someone's lights go out. And I know people are gonna be like, well, if you punch somebody mm-hmm. hard enough, they go out. But I'm saying like you don't control that. And so I don't believe that she could have finished. Um, Juliana, because even when she was landing the strikes that in many fights, we've seen people uh, light shut out. Juliana continued to fight. She fought off of her back even after being cut badly on her forehead. So I don't believe that. Now, I'm not necessarily put off by it or put out by it because she's still the greatest champion we've ever seen in women's combat sports. But on the other the other side of it is this. Juliana talks her stuff, too. Juliana has been disrespectful as well with her words. And so when you think about that, man, it is what it is, you know, and you have to respect the GOAT for who she is. But when you look at Amanda Nunes and what she's accomplished, now double-digit title wins, what's next for her, DC, or who's next? Uh, You know what I tell you? If I'm Amanda Nunes or her team, you know who's not next? Juliana Pena. I'm not fighting Juliana Pena until she proves. Dude, I'm not, I would not fight her again until she works her way back into a championship fight. Yes. And honestly, uh, Amanda getting an immediate rematch made all the sense in the world. Juliana won the belt, then lost the belt. So I can see where Amanda would say, hey, you need to go earn a win or two before we fight again. Because that is the toughest fight and is going to be the toughest fight that she'll have. In the division for a long time. But for me, when I think about it, I think Ketlin Vieira. I think Ketlin Vieira is going to mm-hmm. probably be next. Um, she is a she's on a win streak. She just beat Holly Holm in a very, very controversial fight. She has shown to be the next young up-and-coming contender. So I think yeah. that's what we see. But with the wars that Amanda has had to go through, Ryan, uh, a title defense at 145 just might not be the worst thing in the world, right? Because then you don't have to cut the weight, and they don't have nobody in the yeah. division. It's like an empty division. Yeah. They have to bring somebody in there for you to beat, and then you just dominate them. Yeah, I, I think for her uh, to, to fight at 145 would be smarter because we would think that it would be an easier opponent and also not having to go to through the strenuous training camp she has to go to go through to get down to 135 and it also gives Juliana an opportunity to have another fight and we'll see if she can work her way back into another championship uh title fight but the co-main event DC which was just as exciting um as Amanda Nunes mm-hmm. and Julie uh Juliana Pena was Brandon Marino against Kai Kara France. And, I mean, this was electric. Like, this was fireworks. And it's so cool. Like, you get all these visuals of, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky and, you know, also Stylebender on the side cheering for their friend and them telling he's still a champ after he loses. DC, I need you to explain to me, because I've never had it happen, when a kick like that mm. lands to the body, what does it do to a fighter? Because it seemed to shake Kai Kara France all the way down. It shuts you off, right? Anytime they get you in the liver, 
right? They get you in the liver. Mm -hmm. A liver shot shuts you off completely. It does not matter what your mind is telling you to do. Your body goes, this, this means that I need to go down. I have got to take right. a moment so that I can try to breathe and function again. Nothing is worse mm -hmm. than a liver shot. And that kick kept landing for Brandon Moreno. But the very last one was an accumulation of the damage, but also the toe kind of dug into the side. If you recall, right. I fought Anderson Silva back in the day, and I beat him for mm -hmm. 14 minutes and 30 seconds. And then he kicked me in the side, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I ran away from him and went against the side of the octagon to try to grab him because that's what happens when they hit you, like, on the liver. It's, like, it's it's terrible, bro. Like, it's terrible. And if that would have happened to me earlier in the fight, I might have been in a lot of trouble. But so for Kai Carl France, he could not have gotten up. He fought valiantly. He tried his best. But he was in a lot of trouble. He was, and, and honestly, he was behind. He was behind uh, a Brandon Moreno. And it seemed as though Moreno – was starting to figure once again that he's the bigger, badder boy. Because in fight one, Kyra right. Front started very well. Second round and third round, Moreno dominated. Same thing happened here. These these scorecards, I literally have no idea what's going on. I mean, one judge has crazy. Brandon winning both rounds. One judge has the other guy winning. I mean, this is some crazy. These are some of the craziest <laughs> scorecards that I've seen in a long time. Now, if I, have to, if I really had to choose who I would agree with mostly, Saul Diamato. Saul Diamato is a guy that actually understands everything judging. And if I I would say possibly Moreno won the first two rounds. The guy that judged two for Carl France to me was out of his mind. But it was Brandon Moreno right. once again showing that he is the best in the world. Because when he lost to Davis in the last fight, RC, it was a very close fight where so many thought that Brandon yes. won. So it was a great performance yes. by the Assassin Baby to become the interim champion. Man, it's so crazy, bro, when you say Assassin Baby because – Brandon Moreno has like this childlike <laughs> innocence that makes you like him, right? It, it makes you root for him. He, he's out there and he's, and he is an assassin. He's a guy who's pinpoint actor. He's a guy who figures out his opponents as the fight, as the fight goes on, but he's also amazingly tough. You look at some of those punches he took in some of the Davison Figueredo, Figueredo fights. And it's like, how does this dude keep coming? How does he keep putting on pressure? How does he keep controlling the octagon? And so to watch him, against Kai Kyra France, really figure him out, start to find his spots, and then eventually put him out with the TKO. I thought it was, again, Brandon Moreno showing that there is no one close to him. It is him and Davis DeFigueredo at the top of the weight class. And we get to see it again, DC. And, you know, Dana White said after the fight, who doesn't want to see these two men fight again? I also think to myself, <laughs> there is nobody else for these two men to fight. There is no more exciting fight at 125 than Davidson Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. And so when you look at that fight for the fourth time, obviously we get the draw in the first fight. Brandon Moreno dominates in fight two. It's a very close call in the third fight in which Davidson Figueredo is crowned the champion again. What are you most looking forward to in seeing these two men do battle for the fourth time? Um, You know... The excitement of the fight, but RC, I, I gotta be honest. Like, what I'm excited about is seeing my boy Figgy back at his weight. Did you see how thick that boy looked out there? Figgy looked he looked like huge. <laughs> he looks like wait, like he looked like me. He looked like <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dog. I was like, boy, I love Fig I love Davidson Figueroa, bro, because in reality, in the offseason, that dude gets a little heavy. That dude enjoys being a champion, so I can kind of relate to him, you know, Figgy Figgy. But uh, being honest though, like Fat more, figgy. more, more serious. Yeah, you know, 
Figgy and Moreno are two guys that are made for each other in fighting. And I think that that was on full display Saturday because Davison Figueredo went in there or showed up there to upstage them fighting for an interim championship. And when Brandon said he wanted to fight Davison, Davison came out of the stands with ill intent. But then when he got into the octagon, you could see Brandon Moreno starting to process what was going on. He goes, my daughters are watching me. And this is why so many love Brandon Moreno. He goes, my daughters are at home watching me, and I don't want to be a guy that's out here being negative, pushing, shoving, fighting. He goes, I'm letting go of all the bad. I respect you. We're making history together. Let's fight again. I absolutely love that. So when Dana says we made a mistake by bringing Figgy in there, I tend to disagree. You know why? Because I thought it showed a level of respect between these two fighters that this sport needs at times. All rivalries don't need to be built on bad blood. They they all can't be me and and John or Habib and Connor. They can be rooted in respect. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Saturday will allow for these two to at least start down the path of competing against each other opposed to hating each other. Yeah, you know, I, DC, I'm just going to be honest with you, bro. I, I, The fights I've been in, they only last like 30 seconds, you know? So I don't know what it's like to, <laughs> to be in the octagon with a man for 25 <laughs> minutes and both of you are at the elite level um, of your game. But I can just think back to playing the Baltimore Ravens, right? And understanding like mm-hmm. how heated that rivalry was and how physical they were. But the, the, the rivalry was rooted in respect. Like I respected Ed Reed. I respected Ray Lewis. I, you know, I respected Joe Flacco. And so anytime you knew you were playing against Todd Heap and those guys, you understood what level of play you had to be at in order to just compete. And now it did breed a little bit of contempt, but you also understood that every time you strapped it up against that team, you had to be ready to go. And I think that uh, Figgy and also Brandon Moreno are to that point with one another. But I do love the fact that we got to see that respect on display in the octagon. I think the thing from that night, though, that now makes me a, a little saddened was we didn't get to see Derek Lewis finish. He was fighting against uh, Sergey Pavlovich in, in what I thought was an early stoppage. Uh, and I, I texted it to the group chat immediately. I tweeted it immediately let's hear a little bit of what dana white had to say about the Derek lewis stoppage i like the ref but i wouldn't debate that that was an early stoppage it was definitely an early stoppage when you jump right back up like that and you're ready to go and you know listen he was a little rocked but um no more rocked than juliana was you know three four times during the fight and she fought five rounds he made a mistake made a mistake and it happens but um yeah so i don't think it diminishes Derek Lewis at all. Um, I would have liked to have seen that fight go on. This is why I love Dana White, DC. I love the fact that it, it's not about, like in the NFL, it's not about upholding the shield and saying the right thing mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. so the league looks the right way. What do you feel about the stoppage and also what Dana White had to say? You know, Dana's Dana lives with his emotions on his sleeves, right? You know exactly what he's thinking, and that is why he has elevated the UFC to where it is today. I agree with him on the stoppage, and I said it immediately. I go, well, that was early. Just because in today's MMA, you saw it in Juliana Pena, go all the way back to Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin. You, you, you see it on multiple occasions where guys get beat up for a little bit, and then they get up and they do I mean, Derek Lewis did it 
against Alexander Volkov. It only takes one. Right. He's been on the receiving end of getting beat before, and he's done it. Here's the issue. Has history shown that Derek Lewis doesn't do well in these situations? Yes. So maybe mm-hmm. if I'm having to defend Dan Mergliata a little bit, it's him basing this off of past actions of Derek Lewis. Because when Derek has fallen down forward, he usually is done. But I do believe that he could have gotten up and fought back. I do believe that that fight was intended to go longer. But the sad thing about that is Sergey Pavlovich just got the biggest one of his career. And no right. one is talking about it. This guy's only right. lost to Alistair Overeem in his UFC debut. He is undefeated except for that one fight. And now Derek Lewis being stopped early has become the story. When in reality, it should be tipping our hats to this good young fighter who has an opportunity to make his way up the heavyweight ranking. So um, bad stoppage, though. Bad stoppage. Should you got? Hey, this is gonna sound a little brutal, RC, but you gotta let these dudes get beat on a little bit before you stop the fight, man. No, you gotta let dudes listen, take some one, shots. One. You gotta let them take some shots. DC, like that's the thing about the UFC, right? That that's why we love mixed martial arts. One, because if you do drop a guy, very much like you talked about the ground and pound that ended up getting the TKO against Stipe Miocic like that, you know, it's it's not over. It's not over because you dropped me. And then you also think about Juliana Pena being dropped, you know, in the first two rounds and she was able to continue fighting for, for five rounds. And I think what we love about the sport is seeing guys get through that adversity, right? Seeing fighters figure out a way to continue fighting and pull out and and snatch wins from the jaws of defeat. And so not being able to see that to me was disappointing. I do have a question for you, DC. You're talking about Mm -hmm. the the, the official maybe making his decision because, because of Derek Lewis's history. Do the officials, do the referees go back and do, I guess, quote unquote, film study to know you know, the the, mm-hmm. the the certain postures of defeat of fighters? We we all know it. Like, we all know it. Like, okay. we know when... I can tell you this. There's a few fighters in the history of the game that I know when they're kind of mailing it in because they get finished in the same way all the time. Derek usually falls... Derek usually falls down to lose, right? And I love Derek. He's one of them. Him and I did an interview for my YouTube the other day. It is gangbusters. Listen hilarious. to it. The guy's out of his mind. He's <laughs> funny. He's hilarious. He's Deronda a great guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my God. I got in so much trouble with the champ about that. I sent it to Rhonda and she's like, I hate that guy. I didn't realize the story behind when he said that. But um, he generally falls that way when he's getting finished. It just felt like this time he was getting up to continue fighting. I got you. And, you know, I think what we want to see is is fighters get the opportunities to fight themselves out of bad situations. But in this one, we all feel like it was an early call. Uh, but hats but hats off to Sergey Pavlovich because he did get the biggest win of his career. He's 16 and two now, and he has an opportunity as a young fighter to rise up the ranks. Speaking of fighters rising up the ranks and definitely fighters who are known for knockouts, we're about to go one round with Jamal Hill. DC was the first UFC player that tried to get off of the line on me. DC, stop with him, you up. His moves was all the way weak, bro. You can't move, bro. Look, no, 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 no. Look at your back. DC took 27 steps in one spot before he made a move. Her back hurts out. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my 17 God. steps in one spot. DC hurts out. Oh, my God. Her hurts out. Oh, my God. 
No, right now, you know, I'm looking at you like a big tight end. So what you're saying to me is you'll be able to get off the line. This guy's got to go prime RC, though. Light on my feet. I'm agile. So you telling me you couldn't lock down uh, Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey would be tough, but he had to get it, too. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's our man, Jamal Hill, man. We about to go one round with Jamal. Ma, I told you, DC's off the like off the line moves, absolutely trash, bro. My dog was just stumping in one spot like a penguin. I'm still trying to wait to get you on the line, man. But listen, where we got you got a big fight, you know, coming up with Tiago Santos, man. Tell me a little bit about your excitement leading up to this fight. And I saw you post, man. You know what I'm saying? When your idols become your rivals, and I saw the picture, this mm -hmm. means you're moving up the rankings. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm excited for it. This is one of those fights that um, back, you know, a guy that's been at the top and been, been at the at this level for a long time, you know, you start to compare yourself to these guys over the years and as you're making your rise up and things. I mean, he's just one of those people that I felt like I'd always have to be on collision course with. And now just for it to be here, it's just like it's a dream come true. And I'm just excited for it and ready to go in and put in the work. You know, the real issue was with Ryan is like, I'm trying to get off the line when in reality, just throw me the fade, man. He's short, Jamal. Jamal, he got it short, you know, so you <laughs> put the little. ball up in the air. I'm little. going over this dude, but he too little, man. Dude, too small, man. Throw me the fade, Jamal. Bro, throw me the you're fade. the same height as Henry Cejudo, bro. You're Henry Cejudo's height. <laughs> Stop it. I think this... I think the steps frozen. Look, he was froze. He ain't even move. He ain't even know to move. I see what's happening, baby. Hey, hey Jamal. Never, Jamal, listen to me. What'd you say, Ryan? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I've just never seen someone so delusional about anything in my life, bro. Look at you, man. Look at the whole outfit. <laughs> Look at your height. Talk about you going to catch the ball on me like Moss. It was the day you yeah. dreamed the most. <laughs> he expected hey, expect to beat Jamal. you because DC be cheating, bro. DC be cheating. Ooh, man, no, Jamal. No, he going to look for the Jamal, edge. He going to look for the edge Jamal. however he can get it. Hey, Hey, Jamal, and listen, don't don't trip. Look at that. Hey, hey, RC, look at that. I was hitting Jamal on the basketball court, too. Now, Jamal can no, play a little basketball. Jamal I will nothing. say that. Know, you see it? You hey, see it? Uh. At, one point, at one point, I about, well, at one point, Ryan, I had to stop myself from dunking on Jamal. I mean, I about dunk on this boy. But listen, Jamal, let me get the, <laughs> Come on, Jamal. Man. Come hey, DC, this tell, is when Bilal Muhammad blocked your shot, though, right? Hey, look, hey, look, this is the part I love the most, RC. Look at that. <laughs> I ain't never met so many dudes, RC, rich dudes, but mad about fifty bucks. I had to, I made him pay me, man. He mad about fifty dollars. But Jamal, let me get back he on topic up, here. Let's he get back on track. No hoopers. <laughs> <laughs> he cheats, bro. For fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamal. Let's get back on topic, man. What's wrong with you? We brought you over here to talk about your fight. Anyways, dog, <laughs> I had this like I had I made a bad point the other day. Like, and I'm I'm usually like really, really smart. So this was a bad point. I said something on there the other day. I said when Jamal gets to these spots, he has faltered. But the reality is you you haven't faltered. You only lost to Paul Craig, right? So this is only the second chance that you have at a big time matchup like that. What have you done different to prepare yourself to mm. ensure that what happened the last time doesn't happen again? Um, stay within myself. Uh, check myself. Make sure I'm, I'm I'm approaching the game. I'm approaching the fight the right way. Um, the Paul Craig fight was just arrogance, man. I felt like I can go in there with one of the best dudes in the world and beat him however I saw fit with no true game plan on really even how to do that. 
just, 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 oh, I'm better. I'm better. I'm just going to be better, period. And you can't be that way in this game. You got to respect the game. And that's what I've done. Jamal, you know, we watched you, obviously, the, the knockout of Johnny Walker, something we talked about. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. But we've seen Johnny Walker, who is exciting and who, who tries different strikes, fight against Tiago Santos. And he was almost paralyzed by trying to analyze so much and not getting to one of those wars and take any of those shots. What's going what, what's gonna to be your approach to entertaining but also protecting yourself in a fight against such a huge puncher? Um, just doing what I do. They're like, this is what I do. I get in there. I get in the, I get in the pocket and, uh, I land, I land my shots. I deal with, I deal with what's coming at me and I just stay on you. I want, I want pressure. I want to be all over him. I want him to feel uncomfortable. I want him to feel panicked and things like that. And part of that is when you're going to have to get in that fire, you got to present fire with fire. And I feel like I got plenty of fire to back it up. You do, you do have fire to back up. Everything that you're saying, Jamal, I've watched you. You have a real knack for finding those shots that put people out, especially when they don't think that they're in danger. But you're also wearing a blue belt. Mm -hmm. there, you know, Jamal, so you better, you got a blue belt on, man. You better get in that jujitsu room, my brother. Get in that jujitsu room. Get that yeah. thing upgraded. Oh, yeah, Jamal. That's one you, of those things that's, that people ahead, don't understand. That's one of those things that people just don't understand. Like, uh, at our school, you have to test to, to be promoted. And I just haven't tested. I got my blue belt in after mm -hmm. six months of training. So I've had that blue belt for 12 years. I've been yeah. training, doing jujitsu. I just never, never upgraded. Well, until recently I got upgraded to my purple, yeah, but it's, oh. it's not, it's not about, it's not about belts and rankings to me. It's just about the knowledge and understanding and putting the time in. I'm mm -hmm. very well, I'm right. very experienced on the ground. I have no, I'm not worried about it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Well, congratulations because I'm trying to come grapple you. I'm trying to test my belt and get your belt, OG. You know how you like to call me OG? You like to call me OG. But Jamal, when, when you take a look at the division, how exciting is it now, right, with a new champion in Yuri Prohachka, with the guy like mm -hmm. Magomed Ankalaev doing what he did last weekend, with just all the new blood, like you, Jamal Hill, making his way towards yeah. the top. How refreshing is it that all those old names that were in this division is kind of starting to filter out so that you young bucks can take over the weight class? Yeah, it's exciting, you know. Uh, change, is a, change is a good thing. You know, the 205 division has been slept on for a while. A lot of people have been saying, oh, it's not exciting. There's not this. There's not that. 
So now I'm I'm happy that that's that that's changing now. The, so the top guys are starting to step forward. They're starting to present themselves, and um, I think it's I think it's great. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see just where the story plays out, where I fit in the story, and everything. You know, uh, a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves about um, oh I need to, this needs to happen this way for me. This needs. To, I'm just about enjoying the journey, man, and the fact that it's even happening to me. You know. Yeah, man. You know, I, I love that. And also love the fact that you understand it's about the journey. So many times we're looking at the destination, like I got to get this belt. I got to get this belt. And we're missing those milestones that we take off as we go mm -hmm. up the rankings. But I have a question that's just not even about fighting. What's up with the two thumbs up on your chest, man? I saw it on your picture. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, north side, north side of Grand Rapids, where I grew up at, you know, it's just it's one of those things from, from you know, from where I grew up at. Man, listen, Jamal, we appreciate you, good bro. Good luck this Best weekend, luck, man. Hey, you're the man, Jamal. You, I love that you spell your I name with an A-H-A-L, too. My <laughs> man, thank you so much, Jay. Hey, good luck oh, this weekend, my brother. Thank you. I, I will appreciate y'all having me, fellas. Best of luck, boy. All right, fellas. RC, so, let uh, do you know what's getting kind of crazy? It's like this show is called DC and RC. But we really are starting to get a whole bunch of RC segments. Because before we had tap in, tap out, that was some stuff you made up. And now we got step and fly. And it's time to step fly, Ryan. But step fly all of July. Now let's go. Ooh, the first like outfit. It. I mean, look at that Macho Man outfit. Wow. Step and terrible. fly. First outfit, UFC 276. Israel Adesanya. Ryan Clark, fly or not fly? I mean, it, it's fly first, right? Because is these six four? Like, no, I haven't gotten into the pearls. Like, the pearls aren't my thing. But I feel like the young people are doing it. Garrett Wilson, who was the tenth overall pick of the draft by the Jets, he wore pearls as well. Like, we got to start realizing DC. Like, the old ways are out, right? You wouldn't wear pearls because you would feel like that's not hard enough. But Israel Adesanya can. He also walked to the octagon with an urn. So Izzy is always fly. That is fly, and I'm rocking with it. I saw I saw my boy Israel Asani last weekend with those pearls and French manicure fingernails. Israel Asani is on a whole different level in this world today, man. All right, Ryan, <laughs> let's get to the second one. How about this guy, Joe Rogan, with a tie at UFC 276? Fly or not fly? Well, so it's fly because I appreciate <laughs> Joe stepping up his game, but why did he not button the top button of his shirt? Is the dude so swole that that button can't even strap <laughs> around his neck? I mean, DC, you just don't even try no more. You're just like, I'm not going to wear a tie. I'm going to take off my jacket at some point because I'm going to be so excited. At least Joe understood the assignment. It was International Fight Week. He yeah, said, yeah. I'm going to get a satin tie, but my neck is so big because I've big been in the gym, I can't even button it. I'm going to go fly, but I also might go goodbye for not buttoning that top button. You know, Joe Rogan and all of his boys wore that suit. He bought them all suits. Look, I guess there's a lot of benefit to being Joe Rogan's friend because those are some very expensive suits. I thought the suit looked really Joe good. Rogan rich. All right, Ryan. Brian Barbarina, post-fight press conference right there. Look at the overalls. I think this might be the best outfit or pre-fight press conference. This might be the best outfit we've seen out of all of them. Look at that. So here, so here's why it's fly. One, it reminds me of when my mama used to buy me Oshkosh Bagash when I was a little kid. I, I could only get it like once every now and then because that junk was expensive. But I remember my Oshkosh Bagash 
overalls. So that's why it's fly. Here's the second reason why it's fly. Dude went out and put in a workman's like performance. That's a work outfit. You wear that when you at the farm, yeah, yeah. when you bailing hay, right? When you plowing the ground. Yeah, yeah. And my man went out yeah. and put in work against Robbie Lawler. So I am all in on this fit. The only reason I like it is because to me, he looked like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, he, I mean, he definitely looked like Hacksaw Jim Duggan in that overall. Oh, dog. Now, look, you want to look like Scarface. You got to kind of be lean, right? Long and lean. Yair Rodriguez steps onto Long Island, open collar, drop down big collar. What are you saying, Ryan? Fly or not fly? D.C., D.C., this the coldest one of the whole the whole segment right here, D.C. I'm Come on. That right there. Come on. D.C., D.C., come on, man. That boy right there, that's another Quailu. She loved me in the morning. That boy is fly, <laughs> bro. Hey, I love that. The open collar, right? The suit, the big lapels. I mean, you have to do something to distinguish yourself. Obviously, we know Kamaru Usman is never going to wear a shirt again. We figured that out, right? Like, like that's his <laughs> He's thing. He's done. I love, I love the fact that Yair came in not only with the suit, but in the way he actually wore it, man. That was dope. Hey, Ryan. Let's go back to last Saturday. They had a brand new camera. Had me looking fall. Ooh! They had me looking good. Look at that, Ryan. I gave him that little dip and smile. That's fly. That is a fly suit with the purple I, shirt. I, I mean, come on. I will say this. I love the purple shirt. I'm an LSU Tiger. I love the purple shirt. But I'm going to be honest. I don't know what type of camera this is. Bro, this is HD to the max, man. Any, any camera <laughs> any, any camera that turns you into a 10 is a hell of a camera, bro. That's the one we need. <laughs> we need to get that one for this show because it works freaking miracles. Did you see that? I tell you right now, I could be on the cover of GQ with this face. I mean, look at me. I am. I you don't cannot. know how I got so good you looking. Cannot. I got so good. DC, Dude, let me DC, tell you something. There's a certain, there's a gonna... very big section of women that love, love the Velvet Teddy Bear. I'm going to tell you that much. And, and, and listen, <laughs> you get no response. You get no response. You get no response. We go forward to this last one. Yesterday, my boy on first take. Ooh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that thing was cold, DC. Hey, you see the RC on the sleeve, Boy. the pivot on the chest. That's oh. custom right there, DC. That's a custom satin blazer, DC. And I figured they were going to let us host first take or let us be the debaters on first take. I wish it was a different day, but oh. that, hey, that bomber is cold. Now, Boy. I'll be honest, DC. I'm probably going to start goodness. wearing it once a month on the show. I'm going to start wearing it like once a month on the show. No, no. No, it's banned. No, it's banned. But it's nice, though, RC. RC, I was like, boy. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, look at that jacket on that boy. I was like, wow. Wait, RC. But before we get done, you got a special shout-out last weekend. Take a listen. It's the champ, the Nigerian nightmare. RC, I heard what you said to DC when you said you was fly to me. I heard you. And I didn't take that too lightly, you know. I took that personal. So you tell me, are you stepping out like this? Are you stepping fly like this, RC? To a press conference, by the way. You know, I know you didn't step fly like this. So next time I hear that, I'm going to have to come on set and talk to you and DC. All right? <laughs> hey, first thing, Kamaru, I want no smoke. <laughs> no smoke. <laughs> I want no smoke <laughs> at all. But I will say this. 
Hey, Kamaru, he he's fly, but we have to remember, DC, that day he had on shorts, right? He had on shorts, yeah, those are shorts, those are high shorts. Tops. He had on shorts and high tops with a double-breasted jacket and no shirt. That is not fly, DC. No, don't get me wrong. If oh, I had two percent body you're fat, you're so crazy. I would probably not. I would probably not wear a shirt either if I had two percent body fat. I'm just gonna be honest. I would probably have my chest out at all times. But I, I I'm not wearing shorts, DC, with a suit jacket. I'm just right. not doing it. Why right. am I trying that hard? And if Kamaru wants to come on here and talk about it, then we're gonna do it. But I'm just gonna tell you straight up. I tap out on that outfit, and that's why we about to get in to tap in, tap out with corporate Jake on the God mic. All right, guys, during his media scrum at UFC 277, Yair Rodriguez said that he fully intends to wait for his title shot against Alexander Volkanovsky and is not interested in an interim title fight. RC, tap in or tap out on Yair holding firm for the Volkanovsky title fight. I tap out. I tap out. And this is going to be something that people probably say is disrespectful on my end, though, but fighters fight. And if fighters are healthy and they got an opportunity to fight and prove themselves worthy, they do it. I mean, look at Brandon Moreno. You think Brandon Moreno, a guy who fought so so valiantly with Davidson Figueredo, who who is the champion right now, needed an interim fight? No, but fighters fight. They put Kai Howard France in front of him, and he went out there and proved again that he deserves another title shot. So I totally tap out on this, and I mean it in no disrespectful way, but fighters are supposed to fight. I actually agree with you. I tap out. I, I think that you go and get any portion of the, the title. Interim championship, full-on cha- You go and become a champion if you're Yair Rodriguez. He has waited so long for these opportunities that when he goes into this interim championship fight, if he wins, he shares it on the pay-per-view end. Whenever they do ultimately fight, you never know who you're on the card with whenever exactly. that happens. I tap out. I think Yair should go and fight. Get some, try to win some portion of a UFC championship. Corporate Jake. Dan Hooker is looking to move back to 155 and has his eyes set on his next opponent. He is calling for a fight versus Tony Ferguson. DC, tap in or tap out on Hooker versus Ferguson at 155 pounds. I tap in. I tap in because I'm at a point now where I don't need to see Tony Ferguson fighting guys like Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, and those yeah. dudes. And I'm also at a point where I don't need to see Dan Hooker in there with those high-level guys anymore. Let them fight each other. It's the same thing that we felt when we saw Lozon versus Cowboy. Put these guys in there matched up that have the big names. Allow for them to go out there and compete with someone on their level. I'm tapping all the way in. I tap all the way in on this as well, DC. When you look at Tony and also Dan and the way that they fought lately, the losses that they've suffered, this is a perfect fight of two people we love to see inside the octagon who have been on losing streaks and getting an opportunity to compete and get someone who is not only on their level, but their career trajectories are the same. I'm with you, DC. I tap all the way in on seeing uh, Ferguson versus Hooker. All right, guys, one more. Over the weekend, Colby Covington participated in a poker tournament and finished in seventh place, walking away with close to $50,000. So, RC, tap in or tap out, Colby keeping himself busy playing poker while not fighting. I tap in. I mean, he can do whatever he wants while he's not fighting. And if you can win 50 Gs while doing it, why not? I wish I could play some dang poker. I'll go out there and try to win 50 Gs, too. I can't, I don't know what the club is, what the king is, what the heart is, what the diamond is. And that's all the, <laughs> the only time I know that is if we play in spades. So, man, good for you, Kobe, man. Get that money. Oh, boy, boy. 
Boy, you don't know nothing about spades. You don't know nothing about spades, boy. Let me tell you, Kobe Covington, I oh, tap in. You Let in me spades. tell you why I tap in. Okay, okay. I tap in on Kobe Covington because this. Kobe Covington is dealing with some serious injuries from being brutally attacked on the street by Jorge Masvidal. Kobe Covington needs to stay away from the public eye and do exactly what he's doing. And while making money, hats off to Kobe Covington. But uh, Ryan... To be attacked in that way, you know, viciously, uh, it would be hard to yeah. come back and do other things, you know. So Kobe Covington is doing what he needs to do, relaxing, yeah. playing some cards, and making money. So it's a good thing. Now, RC, uh, back to the topic at hand. You ain't killing me in spades, dog. I am a spades Bro. guru. I am dog. DC, you DC, you can't be good at everything. You think you're good at everything you do bro Bilal Muhammad blocked your shot hey. playing basketball with Jamal Hill hey. you think you're good at that now you're great at spades now hey. you can you probably can hey. cook too DC I, I'm, oh. I'm not trying to hear bro how was Dallas though did you enjoy Dallas hey. did you have a good time I mean, I enjoy Dallas. You know, it ain't Lafayette, but I enjoy Dallas for as much as I can enjoy Dallas. You know, there ain't no place like Lafayette, Louisiana, RC. But the reality is I can cook, and I can play spades, and I can be on the cover of GQ, and I can actually wear a size 44 suit still. In my mind, it may not happen in reality, <laughs> but in my mind, I can still wear that suit that I used to wear when I was fighting at 205. Ryan, you've been doing so good, my man. I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. All the hey, success, you, continued brother. success. In our little show that we have dealt through the adversity is really it's gaining rolling. momentum. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's so good to see people actually giving it a chance and watching. Thank you guys for your support. Every Tuesday, ESPN YouTube, ESPN Plus, and now on ESPN2. Catch DC and RC, Daniel Cormier, Ryan Clark, and we out.